And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company, are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Let them know that I sent you, please. All right. Uh, today's live stream title is the University of Notre Dame versus the people. Now, I need you to understand a couple of things. We're going to talk about Afghanistan. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that happened at ridiculous press conferences today. We are going to talk about some of the new developments that have happened. Um, but everybody else is doing Afghanistan today. I did it yesterday. I gave you my assessment yesterday. I want to do some other stuff before we get to that. But I promise you we will get to large swaths of Afghanistan. But there are other things that are happening. I might even throw in some lighthearted stuff like all of your hard drives might be crystals in the future and stuff like that. You know, it sounds like Star Trek, but it turns out that it's it's actually real. We'll get to all of that stuff. I want to I want to address really a couple of things out of the University of Notre Dame that I've seen. First of all, let's just reiterate some stuff. We have throughout this pandemic in St. Joseph County have had a, oh, dare I say, a cabal of Notre Dame faculty that have been working with the government, the St. Joseph County uh, health officials and everything else to go around. And basically what they were trying to do is they were trying to steer what was happening with, with COVID policy. These Notre Dame faculty members were doing this in secret. This included them advising the, the health, uh, health board. This included them providing infrastructure for COVID databases, which ultimately that we're aware of have not been used yet, but that they have offered up. The University of Notre Dame has said, hey, we want a vaccine database for St. Joseph County. Let's do it. We've got a project that can do all of this. We want to track uh, who is and is not complying with, with COVID stuff, then let's do that. So the University of Notre Dame, from the very beginning of all of this, has been involved, but they have done so quietly because the University of Notre Dame, in spite of them enraging pretty much everybody all the time, really doesn't like it when people say mean things about them publicly, which is why they're so lawyer-happy and they sue everybody. And, and usually those lawsuits are the most frivolous and ridiculous, but what ends up happening is Notre Dame basically says, hey, we've got trillions of dollars, so we'll just go ahead and do that anyway. It's not officially trillions of dollars, but let's be honest, we all know. All right, we all know. We know it's multi-billions of dollars in their, their trust that they don't tell anybody about and don't pay any taxes on. Pay your fair share, Notre Dame. Pay your fair share. Anyway, we've been tracking what's been happening at Penn Harris Madison with these parents groups for some time. Yesterday, I was inundated, um, and this is a good thing, by the way. I was inundated from the moment I woke up to the moment <laughs> I went to bed last night with examples of this letter sent out by this Notre Dame professor about Penn Harris Madison. And I think that you're going to be a little surprised by my take on this. So prepare yourselves. Occasionally, I like to surprise you. And sometimes I think what ends up happening is we have a visceral reaction to the storyline, the people involved, and we just automatically react in, in support or opposed to various things. But I think I've got a surprising reaction to this. So we'll get to that here in a second. But Real News Michiana also wrote an article about it. So that saves me from having to write one myself. I was going to, and then, well, everything hit the fan yesterday in Afghanistan. 
And I'll be honest, a no-name Notre Dame professor having an opinion about something is less relevant than what is happening over there. So I focused the attention yesterday on the show with that. Now, here's the article. Notre Dame professor pushes Notre Dame parents to pull kids from PHM due to optional masks. Now, this parents group in Penharris-Madison got formed because they don't like you telling brown kids that they're inferior and can't succeed because society is racist and is going to oppress them. And they also don't like white kids being told that they're oppressors simply because of the, the skin that they were born with. Kind of a basic fundamental American tenet. Uh, but nonetheless, critical race theory is being taught at Penn. They got caught lying about it, and the parents have mobilized, and the parents have been very effective in their messaging on this, and we have obviously done our, our best to help them out. Now, with that, uh, they also had an issue with mask mandates, and so the parents, which has happened all over the country, these parents groups organize, and they say, well, we're already organized. We might as well go after other issues that we have problems with in the school districts as well. So they went after Penn Harris Madison uh, over the mask issue. They also wrote a very nice letter to the school board about the, the decision to make masks optional this next school year at Penn rather than making them mandated. And so what that does is it does a couple of different things. One, it shows that they're not just angry and opposed to the administration over at PHM, but that they will also acknowledge when PHM gets something right. And they did that. So... As a result of the parents being well-organized in Penn and fighting these various things, opposition groups have popped up. So now there is a pro-mask parent group. Uh, I don't know how many members they have, at least three. And they decided that they were going to go ahead and elicit the help from a Notre Dame professor. So here's the article. Notre Dame professor is using her Notre Dame email to urge Notre Dame staff to pull their kids from Penn Harris Madison schools. The reason PHM has decided to make masks optional for the next school year. Well, I guess did, did Penn start already? I guess they did start already. So in the email, Tamara K, PhD, not a doctor, urges PHM parents at Notre Dame to pull their kids from class Wednesday through Friday of this week. All right, that's tomorrow. Pull them out of class. Here's the letter. Dear PHM parents at Notre Dame, just a note that we are organizing a three-day sick out of all PHM schools this Wednesday to Friday to push back against PHM's mask optional policy. In addition to this, we organized a protest on Friday, are working on plans to change the composition of the PHM Board of Education. Oh. So now they're all about replacing the school board to make, make sure that your kids have to wear a mask at school. That's their goal. So they're going to pull their kids out of school for the rest of the week starting tomorrow. They're going to have a protest, and they're lobbying to get people elected off of the school board so that way they can mask all of your kids at PHM. Okay? If you are interested in participating, here is the form to fill out. They link to a Google Doc, which can easily be hacked, but hey, you know, it's a professor. If you have any questions or just want to talk about it, I'm happy to talk by phone or Zoom. We also have a PHM Parents for Masks Facebook page where all info is being updated. All right. So I guess the first question that I would have is, why does she hate children? Uh, that would be my first question. The next question I, well, not really a question, but the next response that I would have is I would say that um, I, I support her, at least partially. Now, 
don't get me wrong, everything that she is lobbying for has nothing to do with science, has nothing to do with medicine, has nothing to do with the health and welfare of the kids. Uh, I will go over just a couple of examples of why she is so scientifically ignorant of this this topic here in a second. But um, at the same time, I would also like to point out the laughable hypocrisy here of leftists all of a sudden saying that parents who don't like the environment that their kids are in in schools should have the right to pull them out and take them elsewhere. Hmm. What a novel idea. If only libertarians and conservatives and to a lesser extent, Republicans have been saying this, well, from the beginning of time. Now, here's the thing. Fundamentally, I believe you should have a choice. If you want to wear a mask at school, if you're a teacher, a faculty member, a student, by all means, wear one. Okay. As I've said before, if that psychologically makes you feel more comfortable, okay. Some people need their blankets with them uh, well into their teenage years. You know, their little binkies that they got when they were a little kid. And they were sleeping with it, made them feel secure, a stuffed animal or something like that. You know, a lot of women um, develop attachments to pillows and stuffed animals that they were given when they were kids, and that extends out into sometimes even adulthood. So I can understand. Masks make some people feel comfortable, and they want to have the mask around. Is it protecting them? No, it's not. All of the science is crystal clear on this. But if it makes them feel more comfortable and they can go about their day feeling more comfortable and focus on their studies, then by all means, do it. I don't care. The only thing that has been presented here is that, well, you know what? Don't force other people to do it. The simple reality is, is that masks are not effective. Uh, we just had the former COVID advisor to Biden say that on CNN a week ago. Your cloth mask isn't going to protect you. Now, that's not radio host Casey Hendrickson saying it. That's not non-expert personnel saying it. That is the, the guy who advised the alleged president of the United States on all of this saying, hey, this is not going to do you any good. It's also what all of the scientific research says about aerosolized uh, viruses anyway. And most of that research focuses on surgical masks and N95 masks. And the cloth masks are considered an afterthought because, well, your Meemaw can't make something that is going to protect you from an airborne virus. I know that you love your Meemaw. I know she makes a mean lasagna, but she cannot Make a mask that is going to save your life. It's just not going to happen. So my initial reaction to this is protest. A parent should have a right to pull their kids out of school if they feel that the school environment is not beneficial to their child. This is a basic fundamental conservative tenet. Parents have a right to put their kids in an environment that the parents approve of. They have a right to remove their kids from a school environment that they don't approve of. What I find hysterical is that I would bet, Josh, who is back with us today, I would bet his life savings that Professor Tamara Kay would not support parents pulling their kids out of a school environment if they didn't like their kids being taught, oh, I don't know, you're racist because you were born white. I Something tells me the professor would not like that. But she is okay with this. Now, I'm going to go over just a couple of things. I'm not going to go into great detail. I will simply do it real quick, highlighting the absurdity of the argument that you should require children to wear a mask at school anyway. Friendly reminder, literally 100% of studies say that masking in schools is not beneficial to kids. There isn't one, not a single solitary piece 
of scientific research out there that says otherwise. I've looked for it. I've asked for people to give it to me. It doesn't exist. There is no peer-reviewed research that says this. What we do have is numerous examples of potential safety risks. We have numerous examples of psychological issues, numerous examples of lowering the standard of edu- or lower the quality of education because of distractions with the kids. Uh, we've got numerous examples of all of this stuff. Oh, and and I think the, the most critical part is we've got a lot of research that compares schools who did mask up versus schools who did not. And it's not going to end up the way that this Notre Dame professor thinks it's going to end up. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. It's Notre Dame versus everybody. That's what's been going on. Uh, Professor Tamara Kay, PhD. She likes to go by doctor, too. Anyway, she, um, she is encouraging... First of all, she wants everybody who has at Notre Dame who has parents or uh, who are parents of kids at, at Pennhurst Madison pull their kids out for the rest of the week starting tomorrow. They want to protest on Friday and then they want to remove people on the school board and replace them with people on the school board who will force every kid to wear a mask every day at Pennhurst Madison. Uh, she's also a crackpot conspiracy theorist on her Twitter page, um, her Twitter profile, just two weeks ago. Now, the reason that two weeks ago is important is because two weeks ago you already knew that there were no Capitol Police officers who were assassinated and you knew that there were no members of Congress who were attacked on January 6th. So it's not like we're going back in time where nobody really knew what was going on. This is just two weeks ago on the 3rd. And she said that Capitol Police officers were assassinated and members of Congress were attacked on January 6th. Uh, She did that to attack Jackie Walorski. So... Professor K is a crackpot conspiracy theorist who doesn't know anything about science or the science behind masks, but I digress. Now, one of the things, again, that, you know, I've I've mentioned a lot of this stuff before. I just want to point this out. Um, There's a researcher who, uh, it was originally reported that they were affiliated with, uh, with Stanford, but they didn't work for Stanford at the time that they did this. But they did publish a study at the NIH that said face masks do not provide any protection against COVID. It was a real thing that happened. Uh, But again, they don't actually work for Stanford, but uh, it was published at the NIH. Uh, Let's see. This one, though, is one of the ones that I I really enjoy because I've I've talked about this before. So anyway, there was a study that was done where they went through all of the the information regarding schools that did mask and schools that did not mask. This was done by Brown University. And what they ended up finding out is schools that did not mask had lower cases of COVID than schools that did. I'm going to say this one more time slowly so all of you who are going to run back to Professor K and tell her a bunch of mean things about me. um, Friendly reminder that there is no science, no peer-reviewed research at all that supports her position on this. But as a parent, I respect her right to pull her kids out of Penn Harris Madison and put them in an environment that she believes is a better environment for them. I know, I know. It's one of these dualities of life, right? But beyond that, the research is pretty clear that schools that did have mask mandates had higher rates of COVID infections than schools that did not across the country. Now, about now, you're going to have an ignoramus come out there. No, no, no. New York Times just said the opposite. Okay, read that study. That study did not compare schools that masked up with schools that did not. In fact, they specifically say 
100% of the schools that we looked at had a mask mandate, and therefore we cannot provide any data on opposite, on opposite policies. It's in the study. The one that was done with Brown University, though, showed that schools that had mask requirements had higher rates of infection than schools that did not require masks. This goes into what some epidemiologists in Europe are studying right now. Is it possible, is it possible that masks may be spreading COVID because people are not cleaning their masks? That's what they're looking at. We don't know, but it is a theory that epidemiologists have. Uh, Epidemiologists who actually study this, not, not sociology professors at the University of Notre Dame. But this is not the only Notre Dame professor that I'm going to go after today. I'm going to go after another one for their ridiculous column, blaming Indiana for Chicago's gun violence. See, I'm just taking on Notre Dame left and right today. I should have worn a blue shirt so they could file a lawsuit that I'm trying to steal their blue. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. And one of the things that you miss when you're not watching the live stream on Rumble, one, it means you hate America. Uh, Two... You you get to miss me railing off for how how long was that break? Like like eight minutes? For eight minutes you get you get to miss me railing off all of the scientific studies that show that the the recommendations on you wearing masks are not based in science and how this Notre Dame professor is completely clueless. But again, I respect her right as a parent to pull her kid out of class. And go ahead and do what she wants with her child. I don't think that she would apply that standard to any of you, but nonetheless. But again, she's a crackpot conspiracy theorist who thinks that uh, Capitol Police officers were assassinated. Her words, two weeks ago. Not mine. Her words. Keep in mind, January 6th uh, Capitol incident was how long ago, Josh? Uh, it was almost eight months ago. And, and here, here's the thing. We we debunked all of that stuff a long time ago. A long time ago. And the fact that you have a well-educated uh, PhD, okay, running around still saying Capitol Police officers were assassinated tells you that the well-educated PhD doesn't read very much. I told you, man, you got to ignore the fart-sniffing crowd. The fart-sniffing crap, this is from a South Park episode, okay? Smuggler. Look it up. It's one of the best episodes of television ever done. The whole point of it is there are people who think that their farts don't smell. It's a variation of your poo don't stink. Do you know what an, basically what an oligarchy is? Because America is turning into an oligarchy. Did somebody write a book? I had this running around in my head, American oligarchy. It feels like somebody wrote a book titled that. I kind of came up with it, but I'm like, I couldn't have, I couldn't have been the originator of that. But anyway, um, you've got a small group of elite people who think that they're much more smarterest than you. And therefore they should be able to make all of the decisions on behalf of you because you're too stupid to understand what the hell is going on. That's what professor K is. She's one of those. That's what Hollywood is. They're those. That's what the political class of this country are. They're oligarchs. Don't think for a second that they're not trying to convert this country into an oligarchy, because they 100% are. And just as an added benefit, Russia has lots of oligarchs, so they know lots about it. So, Russia. Anyway, not the only Notre Dame professor I want to pick a fight with today. Jack Caldwell, 
Jack Caldwell is a professor at Notre Dame. Uh, he writes uh, opinion columns and teaches students how to write opinion columns and all of that stuff. He also writes for the South Bend Tribune, and he also writes for Howie Politics Indiana. Jack Caldwell wrote one of the most laughably stupid articles that I have read in a very long time, not that long ago. Uh, last week on the 12th, it was published. It's called Indiana is Not a Good Neighbor. So, we've got an Indiana professor ignoring all of the science and hating children, and we got another Indiana professor trying to write a State Farm commercial. That's kind of where we're at. Indiana is not a good neighbor. It's a deadly neighbor. Oh, just like that, I know exactly where this is going, Josh. See, Josh came back just in time. Exporting guns to gangs in Chicago. Oh, here we go. The long debunked nonsense used by anti-gun activists to provide cover for Democrat leaders who have lost control of violence in their cities. I'm going to pick apart some of this. I'm in the middle of writing a an article on this, so I will only give you basic fundamental tenets of what this guy is saying and why he is so very wrong. Coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, here we go. Another Notre Dame professor going down. It's only a Tuesday, and I've already taken two of them down, crying out loud. Indiana's not a good neighbor. It's a deadly neighbor exporting guns to gangs in Chicago. Hey, Governor Holcomb, why are you exporting guns to gangs in Chicago? Stop. You're not Obama, okay? You don't get to send guns to gangs and criminals like Obama did. Most Hoosiers aren't complicit. But there is blood on the hands of those, including a lot of state legislators. Oh, really? Indiana state legislators have blood on their hands because of what happens in the city of Chicago? Who proudly point to the state's lax gun laws that make buying a gun so easy, so fast. Here's This is the funniest line in the entire article, okay? Makes buying guns so easy and so fast, sometimes with no questions asked. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. Uh, for you 18 to 25-year-olds who are watching this, who might, might, or listening to this, who might be going to college, this is why so many of your professors are stupid. Uh, there exists not a single, not one, legal gun transaction that happens in the state of Indiana or any other state where there are no questions asked. That doesn't happen. That's what we call, and I'm an old world kind of guy, but this language is kind of dead. But that's what we call a lie. Yes. Professor Caldwell lied. And it got published in the Tribune. And they didn't even provide an editor's note that he was lying about this very demonstrable, provable lie. But I digress. They say they want it easy for law-abiding, and that's in quotations, law-abiding citizens to get guns for protection, for hunting, for collecting. Nothing wrong with those purposes. Well, thank you. If those were the real purposes of all the purchasers, too many have no intent to abide by the law. They want to get away with murder. All right, so I would like to put Professor Caldwell's mind at ease. You see, Duke University already looked at this a couple of years ago, and Duke University specifically interviewed the inmates in Chicago's prison system. 
and ask the inmates in Chicago's prison system, yo, where'd you get your guns? You know what they said? Josh, any ideas what they said? That, what? No, they did not say Indiana. They didn't say Indiana. You, they got it from their friends and their relatives. Do you realize in the entire Duke study, only 3% of guns that were used in crimes in the city of Chicago came from a gun store? 3%. 3%. Now, these are the ones who got caught and convicted. 3%. Do you know how many guns that was? Two. Man, why is Indiana, why are we staining our hands with the bloods of people in Chicago? Not bloods, excuse me. Sorry, Crips. The blood of people in Chicago. Don't want to get involved in any gang warfare. here. <laughs> but then he goes on to talk about a straw purchaser. And these two police officers that were just shot in Chicago, the woman was fatally shot. There is a man that has been arrested. He has also been released. He is facing charges for being a straw purchaser. Straw purchasing does happen. What Professor Caldwell doesn't seem to address in this entire article is that straw purchasing is, wait for it, a crime. Huh. So, how did it happen then? How, how is it Indiana's fault if somebody breaks the law and becomes a straw purchaser? How does, how does that happen? Not only, not only that, ladies and gentlemen, not only that, Indiana is not the number one supplier of guns to criminals in the city of Chicago. Do you have any idea what state is the primary supplier of guns to criminals, according to Chicago's own study back in 2017, which, by the way, Colwell cites, but he takes completely out of context. In 2017, the city of Chicago did a gun tracing program where they studied where all of the guns that were used in crimes in Chicago came from. Which state was the number one supplier of firearms to criminals in the, the city of Chicago? Which state? I'll wait. Insert Jeopardy music here. Right, Illinois. Hey, where's Chicago again? Where's Chicago again? Illinois. In fact, the number two state was Indiana. Indiana provides a little over 20% of the guns that are used in criminal activity in Chicago but over 40% come from Chicago. Now, the way that they spin this is 60% of guns who are used in Chicago crime come from outside of Chicago. And what they do is they then blame red states who have, air quote, lax gun laws in spite of the fact that every state abides by the same federal rules. And you have to pass a background check and you have to fill out a questionnaire for that Nick's background check. And guess what that questionnaire has on it? Questions. Questions. So where's this no questions asked stuff coming from? Professor, not coming from anywhere, because you're lying. Next, Chicago, with all of its strict gun laws, this is the other thing that, that always comes up. Chicago, with all of its strict gun laws, still provides at least twice as many guns to Chicago criminals as anywhere else in the country. How is, how is that possible? They have strict gun laws. Some of the strictest in the entire country. They're very proud of that. So how may I ask, are criminals in Chicago primarily getting their guns from Illinois gun dealers in the suburbs of Chicago? How is that happening if 
it's the lax gun laws in Indiana that are supplying all of the gangs in Chicago. Here is something that doesn't ever get discussed when this gets brought up, though. Um, you know that a lot of the gang activity and the drug activity that happens in the state of Indiana comes from... You, wait for it, wait for it, Josh. Wait, this is going to blow your mind. First day back from vacation. You know where they've traced it from? Chicago. That's right. Large swaths of our high crime areas in Gary and Hammond and South Bend are from Chicago gangs. Who knew? Who knew? Crazy stuff. Indiana could say Chicago needs to stop exporting crime to our state. (laughs) I'm writing a whole column on this where I will break it down much more than I just did. But hey, they pay their professors an awful lot. They're just not required to actually be good at what they do. We got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Hit that subscribe button and share it right now on all of your social media, please. We got more coming up. 95.3 MNC.